Allow me to introduce myself. My name is The Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. Thank you so much for coming to Utica. You guys are Hansons. Who are you? Well, I'm from Utica, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase Sportzilla Show. It's an Utica expression. Rain, man. Good to go. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain. I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I have an English muff if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. Aha! The Sportzilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And Matt. I think everybody is familiar with hashtag tough for t and I happen to have, along with Scoop and the boss, the glue guy, and Tiff in studio with us today, we happen to have T on the line today. So, Tiana, say hello to everybody in Central New York. They know your name very well. Hi, thanks for having me on. So, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to come right out off the top, and I'm going to tell you, I have practiced Mangakaya. <laughs> Did I do it right? A little bit. Just the, you know, manga kahia. Wow. Okay. <laughs> See, I've heard it done about eight different ways. Anytime anybody yeah, interviews you, yeah. and very often you just kind of very politely smooth it over and it's like, okay, okay. But we wanted to ask. I've heard it. I've, right. I've heard it pronounced a hundred, maybe a thousand times. Yet I, am, I was terrified to get it wrong. So I'm going to just start to break the ice and I'm going to ask you, what are some of your favorite mispronunciations <laughs> as uh, your name? has been um, so public. Yeah, so one person put like an X in there and like a Z in there and it was like, I don't even know how to you know, mock what they did. It was just completely off, but no, you did You did a great job. You did a great job. We're going to call you T or Tian or some variation of that for the remainder of the interview and we're going to get to the nuts That's and bolts fine. and what's really important uh, for why we're talking. First of all, uh, it is wonderful that you're healthy. I want you to know that we have been rooting for you from afar uh, you didn't probably know our names until now. We couldn't be happier about that. Now, of course, fighting the battle that you did, not just having a city behind you and your team behind you and Coach Q behind you, uh, but now mm-hmm. you're giving back. So we're going to talk about the Pink Ribbon Classic today. Proceeds of this support the Dr. Hadley J. Falk Breast Health Center at Krause Hospital. And I understand uh, you have your friend Jake Picard with you as well. So either one of you can comment throughout the interview. Holly Rowe, ESPN person. ESPN personality will be there and so will you May 4th 2020 at Drumlin's Country Club it's a 12 p.m. shotgun start a golf tournament and a 6 p.m. dinner now there's a lot more to get to through the interview but that's the basics did I leave anything out um yeah so it's uh my master's program they host a charity event each year and really just from all the support and outpour like of support that I've had during um, and following my diagnosis, it really inspired my class to give back to the community. So, yeah, we've partnered with Krause Breast Health Center um, with this event. And um, there's going to be, you know, special guests there. There's going to be a silent auction and contests and raffles. Um, Julie Beheim is actually going to be the honorary chair for this event. And, you know, I'm very close to her and she's helped me a lot throughout um everything that I've been through. Uh, so I really appreciate her for, you know, helping out. Also, um, Holly Rowe is going to be the guest speaker there and she'll be there throughout the golfing segment. Um, she's a two times cancer survivor and, uh, ESPN host. 
Um, also, Tyus Battle uh, from Syracuse men's basketball is going to be a celebrity golfer there. And there's going to be some more special guests announced later on. But um, I'm really excited, you know, for this event. And I'm so proud of my class and my teachers here in this program that have really, you know, helped us put this all together. And I just want it to be, you know, a great evening. Again, it's May 4th, the Pink Ribbon Classic at Drumlin's Country Club. That's 800 Nottingham Road, pinkribbonclassic.com. You're on Facebook, Twitter, and yep. Instagram. And there's a, there's a dinner as well. There's a 6 p.m. dinner, and then there's, yep. there's golf at noon. Take it from yeah. there. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, I'm super excited. and. So uh, we're going to have the golf shotgun start. It's going to be starting at uh, 12 o'clock. It's going to be captain and crew formation. So we're going to be really excited to get a lot of people out there, have a lot of fun on the course. We're going to have food and drink sponsors along with beverage carts and whatnot. So it's going to be an exciting day. Uh, so we're going to be looking for people to help with sponsorships or donations and any uh, companies that are listening that want to reach out. They can reach out through our Pink Ribbon SVEM, like you said, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. So we're really excited for our partnership with the Krause Health Center just for that's really where Tiana's story started and all the support that they gave her and the guidance that they gave her along the way inspired us to get together with them and really have a great evening for the community, let people have a great time, but also raise a good chunk of money um, for Crowds Health Center and impact the lives of some women and family around this uh, community that we that need some help. Tiana, pronounce it properly for me again one more time. <laughs> Manga Kahia. Tiana is with us, of course, here on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, along with Jake Picard. Now, Jake, you brought up the sponsorships, and I'm glad that you did. PinkRibbonClassic.com to reiterate the website. Uh, but VIP access is a sponsorship for anybody out there listening that might want to be considering something uh, to participate or to help out. Uh, golf and dinner tickets, an advertisement and program, social media exposure, game sponsors, branded table centerpiece, mm-hmm. uh, 18 by 24 inch T sign, raffle tickets, and you know what? You can just straight up donate if you want to. Once again, the proceeds support the Dr. Hadley J. Falk Breast Health Center at Kraus Hospital. So we're going to revisit this in a second. But I want to ask uh, one main question that I wanted to ask Tiana. Uh, and it involves, yeah. your, it involves Coach Q and your teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, su- yeah. the support that they gave to you was inspiring uh, numerous times. Following along with your story brought me to tears, to be perfectly honest with you. But yeah. I, I wonder the feedback that you have received during this journey battling for your health, what inspiration they have given you and what inspiration they have given back. You know what I'm saying? How it's kind of bounced back and forth. I think at different times, you've all lifted each other up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, when I first found out that I was sick, I, um, I told the team um, probably like three weeks later, uh, when they all got back on campus and I've just, I don't think my team even realizes how much they helped me throughout the time. I, you know, on those days that I was down and like, it was, you know, dark times for me. If I was sad, I would call some of my teammates and they would literally always be there for me. Like if no matter what they were doing, they would always make sure that I'm good. They would shoot me texts call me, um, especially Coach Q, you know, he's really helped with my family not being always here, um, you know, him taking me in and 
his wife really supporting me and um, I had to go see different doctors in Boston and his wife came with me and it's just I just can't even explain the amount of support not only from them but the community um, receiving letters and cards um, it's just really meant a lot to me and I don't think that I, I wouldn't have been able to get through it without all of that support and I don't know what it would have been like anywhere else um, if I had been at any other school so it's really just amazing and I just appreciate every single person that's reached out to me. How has it been being away from home, away from Australia, dealing with all this? It was this? really, yeah, it was really difficult. Um, I would say uh, my parents and my family, my brothers, they could come over. So I wasn't by myself for any of my chemotherapy treatments. Um, so that was really great. Uh, when they weren't here, it was really difficult. But I think it's helped me so much um, to grow as a woman and to really just um, figure it out on my own and not need anybody, really. Um, but it was amazing having them here. It was really difficult, but um, it was, you know, it helped me grow and learn a lot about myself. Tiana, you love the game of basketball, obviously. So how about the yeah. uh, how about those ladies this season? Uh, just a general observation on the team, and I'm sure you're still in contact with everybody and a source of inspiration yeah. for them right now. Yeah, um, you know, I talked to them before games and after games. Um, you know, I'm super proud of them and how far they've come this season. Um, and I'm just really, you know, at practice, I try to, you know, push them and inspire them and, you know, to never give up. You know, this season hasn't been one of the best seasons uh, for Coach Q or for the girls. So um, I really just try to motivate them and, you know, work, work every day, get better every day. And I think um, I'm trying to help. Yeah. Tiana, how are the hoops coming for you? Are you shooting around? Are you able to do any of that? How are you feeling when you're out on yeah. a basketball court? So I actually, um, I was able to work out in the beginning of January um, until I have my second surgery. So I've actually been out for like um, almost a month now. Um, but I find out on Friday, um, if I can start working out again. So I'm excited for that appointment. <laughs> I think another part of this story that's uh, is just is so human and wonderful is you've talked about how complete strangers uh, have reached out to you and shared their experiences with cancer and how you will uh, bounce that back and forth and you'll spend time with them. And sometimes yeah. you're giving them advice. Sometimes they're giving you advice and you're you're comforting mm -hmm. one another which i think is just a, a a wonderfully human special thing yeah for sure i've um actually received so many messages through instagram and um i you know i've visited some high schools and spoken to some women that um have just finished chemo and it's actually great to hear from other women who have been through or are going through what I've been through and we can exchange stories and just speak about the different, you know, side effects that we've had and, you know, how we've gotten through it. I spoke to a lady from California on Instagram and she has kids and a husband and it's just, you know, it's just so crazy to, you would never think and you never really realize how many people are out there that are struggling or going through something. So, you know, I think it's always important to, be kind to one another and um, be compassionate about what other people are going through. 
little empathy goes a long way. The Sports Illustrate Show, ESPN Radio. I say tough for T. Everybody knows who we're talking about. We got Tiana online with Jake Picard. Jake, is there anything else as far as the Pink Ribbon Classic that I left out as you've been sitting back listening to what we've been talking about or anything else, a couple of main things that you want to put out to people listening? Uh, no, you guys, you guys have done a wonderful, wonderful job. We uh, Just on top of everything that you've said and just the story that Tiana's paid for you guys of what she's gone through and what she's doing currently, there's, there's also available, uh, we want to let everybody know that people, if they just wanted to come individually or just have individual foursomes, those are also available along with if somebody, say, doesn't want to golf or doesn't golf but still wanted to support the Pink Ribbon Classic, we also have individual dinner tickets. And for any students listening, we also offer a discounted uh, student dinner ticket rate. So so everybody knows, uh, Tiana, you and Jake both, we will make sure everything is podcasted uh, once we're off the air today at 4 o'clock. So you can share this everywhere. Let everybody have a nice in-depth listen to what the Pink Ribbon Classic is all about. Just remember the website, if nothing else, pinkribboncladic.com. Tiana, aside from your journey and hoops, how difficult has it been for you to uh, see the bushfires in Australia and see that happening there? Yeah, it was really, um, when I first saw this on social media and, you know, speaking to my parents, it was really upsetting. It made me appreciate home a lot more and made me realize that I need to, you know, try to get back home whenever I can. Um, You never know what's going to happen because, you know, in Australia, not many things like this ever happen. Um, So it was really difficult for me, especially being away. Uh, But, you know, my family was safe and obviously I was just praying for everyone and keeping everyone in my thoughts that, you know, have lost their homes and, um, you know, their animals, pets, all those animals, you know, it was just, very sad, sad time for Australia. Tiana and Jake, both. I just want to say uh, we're up against a break here. Uh, we've got to step aside for a second here on the Sports Illustrated Show. Uh, but uh, I want to reiterate what I said to you right before we went on the air. We are very grateful to be a small part that's able to help you guys get the word out about this. So we're grateful to you. Thank you very much as well for your time and talking to us today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having us on. It was uh, wonderful to talk to you guys. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio. It's the Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And if you missed Tiana Manga Kahia from Syracuse University and just a, the amazing story and how inspirational. We're going to have that podcasted after the broadcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, check ESPNUR on social media, ESPN Sportzilla as well. We're joined now by Jason Fitz of the ESPN Radio Network. First take, your take. Welcome, Jason. We're going to start with you. And ask about the NBA All-Star Game and the new format. Did you like it? Did you dislike it? How would you feel about the NBA All-Star Game? I thought it was a lot better than I expected. One of the things that I think has sort of been hidden on it is by resetting the score every quarter, what they really did is didn't make us face the fact that they weren't playing any defense. Like the final, the final score was, the final winning score was 157, right? We were talking about how great the defense was in the fourth quarter. 
I just think it, it was nice to not have a reminder that we went into the fourth quarter, whatever, 133 points scored. So it was not exactly the defensive juggernaut we're making it out to be. But True. I thought it was really interesting the way it continually reset, the way it kept everybody engaged in every quarter because of it. And then the fact is, because it mattered to players at the end of the game, they played harder. And it's a, it's a great example of when the players have an idea that the league implements and everybody's behind it, man, there is some power to it. I thought it was really entertaining. Did you ever follow the hashtag tough for T or Tiana Manga Kahia? Say it for me, Scoop. Manga Kahia. Thank you. Uh, Syracuse women's basketball player. She was uh, and still battling breast cancer. I don't know if you were aware of that when it was happening, uh, which also brings me to the second part of a two part question. Are you going to watch Syracuse Louisville tonight? Well, yeah. I mean, I think we got to watch Syracuse Louisville tonight. Come on. It's, it's uh, like I'm. I'm First and foremost, you got to know, I do a lot of work with college sports in general, but on Thursday nights, I get to work with Joe Lenardi every week on an ESPN, PSBM Plus show uh, based on all around bracketology. So I feel like I've had more brackets and more, uh, more sample brackets. I've done more bracket study over the last few months than I ever thought I would possibly do. And my brain is exploding. I don't know how Joe does it every single day. Yeah, we kind of... We, we kind of thought that was a rhetorical question and <laughs> knew the answer before we asked it. Uh, but what about T? Uh, did, did you follow along with her story? We're curious. No, no, it, it, it was something I heard about, but not a lot. Uh, I didn't do a lot of work with, honestly. So ACC tourney for Syracuse, though, three weeks away. And with bracketology, as far as Syracuse is concerned, a very popular team, obviously, in this area of the country. Well, they, they've got a tall task ahead of them. It starts with beating Louisville tonight. Obviously a Q1 win for them if they can. They probably got to win at least five of their remaining six games and then at least go deep in the ACC tourney. Uh, so has uh, Joe Lenardi said anything to you about Qs? Because we really, we're just crossing our fingers, drinking the Kool-Aid and we want to know what, well, go ahead. And where do you have them right now in your bracketology? If, if it was up I to mean, you. Well, and, and here's the thing. Yeah, Syracuse is something we've talked a lot about because you can't talk about college basketball right now and not be obsessed with everything in the ACC, right? So, right. Uh, understandably, I think this one of the few. This is one of the rare areas where today, right now, they're not in. Obviously, we all know that, but it's rare to be in a situation where you're not in and you still hold your destiny in front of you to the point that you guys made. There's a lot of pavement left in front of everybody through the ACC tournament, and that's where they have the opportunity to do their damage. Can they? Uh, this feels like a tall task. I just think the, SEC, the ACC is so uh, football heavy. The, SEC, the ACC is so stinking good this year. I don't see how they're going to get through. Uh, but you're right. They've got to string together some wins. They still have the wins in front of them that could get them in. But I think, yeah, five out of their last six, and they've got to win three in the tournament, and then they can maybe make, a, a, make their way in. They're going to they're gonna have to get some tournaments outside of that also that break their way, though. They, this has to be – Syracuse is one of the schools right now – it's rooting for every tournament to go chalk on the small side. <laughs> I felt that in my heart, but I know it in my head. He's right. Jason He's Fitz wrong. is with us. Glue guy, go ahead. Uh, Brett Gardner with the stalker situation. What is your thoughts on that? It's look. This is all incredibly difficult, right? I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly. Whoop. I think the phone. I think I think his phone dropped there. It did. I'll uh, see if we can get a quick call right back. He should be ringing right back in. He's he's still talking probably. Yeah, I didn't realize, realize the phone dropped. So yeah. we're uh, glue guys. The boss is going to try to grab him back on the phones as we talk to Jason Fitz. If you're familiar with first take, your take on ESPN. Oh, hang on. Was that him? That was his message. Oh, was that his message? We got him. 
Yeah, and he I re- got so emotional. I, I got so emotional. I dropped my phone. That's he, where we are. Uh, returning you know, to the airwaves, Jason Fitz here from First Take. Your take on the mothership as we, uh, I guess, are going to get the answer for for the question about Brett Gardner of the Yankees and this crazy, crazy delusional uh, story. Well, that- yeah, I, I, here's the hard part about it. I mean, I always say this. I had the opportunity to make my living in country music and. In country music, sometimes you see the best of people, and sometimes, frankly, you see the worst of people. And, and and I mean that from a fan standpoint, too. It's so strange and it's so surreal for an athlete or for an entertainer to come to some, the position where you feel like you're, you're doing what you do and you're doing what you love, and now all of a sudden something crosses the line. And that's you know the hardest part about it is because – when you get these situations, and I've seen it repeatedly, uh, I always go back to many years ago. I was just dating my now wife, and you know, I was I was out on the road, and I had a show where I played one show, and I left right away. We were we were gone immediately, and the next day on social media, somebody was posting about how you know I'd sat with them for hours and had this deep, meaningful conversation, and obviously I hadn't. I was on a plane. Everybody knew I was on a plane, but there are just delusional moments that happen for people, and it's a really uncomfortable part of platform. And, you know, I I don't, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy because at some point, if you're a baseball player, you signed up to play baseball and you know that with that comes a lot of celebrity and a lot of responsibility. But when you are dealing with somebody that unfortunately, whether it's their mental illness or whatever has crossed the line in their own minds, there's no easy way to get your security back and there's no easy way to feel normal. And that's the hardest part of all of it to sort of confront to decompress. Jason, I want to get your thoughts on this shadow that's just cast over the entire Major League Baseball spring training season that's going on. And it's probably going to extend into the regular season with the Astros and the sign stealing. And, you know, I I think we're going to see some guys get thrown at. There's a lot of anger out there in the fan base. I'm questioning how the commissioner's office has handled this whole thing. What are your thoughts on it? Rob Manfred should be let go. I shouldn't be the commissioner of Major League Baseball anymore. And uh, he has failed the entire sport in the way he's handled it. And, you know, as much as he's talked about having to give immunity to give to get any sort of honesty from players, what's lost in that is immunity doesn't have to mean complete immunity. And he's sort of sat behind the crutch of the Players Association would fight any punishment. But the reality of it is Rob Manfred could have gone in and said, fine, we'll fight that publicly in the meantime. If I find out you cheated and you don't tell me what you did, you're never going to play baseball again as long as I'm in charge. If you tell me what you did, you're only going to lose one year of your career. And by the way, we're taking away the World Series title. He could have done that across the board and forced the Players Association to then fight that, which would have made baseball the good guy, by the way, and also would have put baseball in a very weird situation because a lot of people don't realize the Players Association – is funded by weekly dues, by paychecks that come from other baseball players. That's where the money comes from. So suddenly you're going to ask all of Major League Baseball to chip in part of their dues to protect the cheaters. And as much as that's what the Baseball Players Association has to do, that would have created a total different level of open, honest conversation from players about what they're willing to protect. It was a huge opportunity for Manfred to come in and look strong, take that World Series title away, and make a statement. He didn't. And now all of a sudden he's lost the respect of everybody that seemingly plays his sport. I don't know how you get that back. Jason Fitz joining us from First Take Your Take here on the Sports Hill Show ESPN Radio Utica Rome now at 96.5 FM. Rome, New York, by the way, is the hometown of Rob Manfred that we were just talking about. So we'll see if uh, that comment so gets I'm any extremely 
popular there now. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, I, but they love the band Perry in Rome. They do. <laughs> and that's you're fair. you're not saying anything that's unreasonable, uh, though, Jason. So, yeah, it's it's tough to argue that point. This is a messy, messy situation for the game. But let's switch to another game. That being football. Couple weeks into the XFL right now, far different than it was 20 years ago. Uh, there's been a lot of interesting developments. I mean, we've had a Pepper Johnson get fired, a defensive coordinator, after one week. We had a situation where the quarterback, what was his name on the Guardians? I just completely. Matt McGloin. Thank yeah, you. Matt McGloin had a meltdown, yeah. It just completely slipped my mind. I apologize for that. But yeah, he, he's at halftime and he trashes his team. You don't often see that. And his coach, kind of, you know, I mean. And, and yeah, just as the game plan was bad, he had thrown an interception. So it, what he should have called himself out. Maybe a little execution and performance would have helped his situation. But then ultimately, it ends up with him benched in the fourth quarter. Something you're probably going to get with these live mics, you're going to get some reactions that we're not accustomed to with the uh, close-to-the-vest NFL. But, Jason, comment on that situation, that bizarre development in the XFL. But then just overall, it's been some pretty decent football. I would wonder if you agree. Yeah, it has been. uh, Look, I think you're going to get some uh, – it's only going to get more contentious as the league continues and you're asking coaches immediately afterwards what happened and players immediately afterwards. I mean, I think there's the opportunity for real volatility there. We love it, but at the same time, I wouldn't envy being in that situation if I was anybody. Now, the play itself, I think week two we saw a big drop-off from quarterbacks, and that's significant to me because week one nobody had film on anybody. Week two, everybody had a little bit of film – to know what to expect. And what you see, you saw defenses quickly catch up with quarterbacks and their ability to progress and move forward. So there are a couple, Cardell Jones and P.J. Walker, that look great. But other than that, man, I don't, I don't know that we're going to get much good quarterback play out of there. That's the thing that I'm most concerned about because the XFL can't afford dud games and they can't afford teams that turn out to be horrible. They've got a couple teams right now that, look, that are winless. They need that. I mean, you only got eight, eight teams per week. Every single one of them is on TV. So we can't afford wasted games if we're looking for the XFL to, to continue to grow. So I hope that we see offenses take a big step forward this week because I think it's a necessary part of it. And coaches need to get a little bit more creative. So there are still challenges ahead of the league, but they're still in a situation where I think ultimately they can win and they can go long term if they get some of this figured out. Jason Fitz from First Take, your take on ESPN with us. We're up against the breaks. So the last thing I'm going to ask you with about 30 seconds uh, for you to answer, I'm going to. I want to ask you on a human level, have you seen the video of Ryan Newman walking out of the hospital hand in hand with his two daughters, basically signaling to the world after that just horrific crash? That's amazing. That horrific crash that ultimately he's going to be okay. And here we are only a couple days later. I mean, just a fantastic thing to see. And what do you think? It's one of the most staggering things to see, and it was a, a crash that looked like it was straight out of a movie. So to see that ending out of it is a testament to how great NASCAR has become with safety and also how incredible the emergency people were on the scene in making sure they got that fire put out and getting them out of there safely. I don't think we've talked enough about that part of it. It's absolutely incredible that that happened and that he's still here to be with his family. It's, it's, it's emotional and a big win for NASCAR. Jason? Get off campus. Go home to Mrs. Fitz. Have a great rest of your night. We look forward to talking to you again next Wednesday. Greatly appreciate the time. Appreciate y'all. Thanks. First take, your take. Jason Fitz. Check him out on the Mothership every day. This is ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. Back on the Sportsilla Show 
with our friend Jack Perrin. If you used to listen on Sundays regularly, well, you know what he's all about. NBA next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. If you follow us on Twitter at ESPN SportsZilla, a name that you will see quite often, Jack Perrin with Last Word on Sports, their head of basketball. One of our NBA connects that we like to bring on is with us on the phone. He's from Chicago, based in Chicago. There's a lot of great things in Chicago. I mean, we could write you a long list. But I think the best thing is you, Jack. Welcome to the airwaves. And it just so happens that the All-Star game was in Chicago. So it was there in your city. It looked fantastic on TV. They had the new format. They paid tribute to Kobe. They named the MVP award after him. And the game itself was the best it's been, as the glue guy said. Decades. Decades. Your overall consensus opinion, the dust is settled. Talk to us about the All-Star experience in Chicago. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a it, – it there was a buzz in the city all weekend. Um, you know, a lot of anticipation towards it. A lot of secondhand uh, ticket sellers were making a lot of money as tickets were extremely hard to come by with a lot of them at, on the first first level being at eight nine $9,000. I mean, just a little outside my budget. But, um, no, it was, a, it was a weekend where it really – prove that Chicago can attract people and they they had fun a lot of celebrities a lot of players coaches attended and you know I I think it reflected well in the city and the you know I thought it was organized well um you know they you know other than maybe Shaka Khan's take (laughs) on the national anthem but uh, you know I thought it all went well so was it better or worse than Fergie's in your opinion Fergie's was potentially the worst ever yeah, it was. I, I think the one thing they might want to do with Shaka Khan is put her at the Super Bowl. I know it sounds weird, but that would make that whole bet on the over-under of the timing of it, I think, would make it more challenging because uh, we'd almost take the over of an average uh, <laughs> average uh, national anthem. Let's play some basketball. I, I don't think I could get my voice as high as Fergie did at the end of that <laughs> if I right. tried. Did you like the format of the game, though, Jack? I thought it was exciting. I mean, they were really playing hard. And I mean, I see like I mean, we go on Twitter. We we watch stuff on social media so we can be in the moment. And everybody's like, I cannot believe I'm getting angry at some of the calls or non calls by the officials in an all star game. I can't remember the last time I was this engaged in it. Usually it's not in the background. It was a good game, Jack. Yeah, and I I think it. It, it bodes well for the format that they're trying to set up. I don't know if it's because they're picking. I mean, essentially, if you look at the teams, I mean, the, the starters were all West Coast, and the you know starters were all in the Eastern Conference team. You know, we take Team Giannis and Team LeBron. Uh, they stayed true to their conference for the first four picks. But um, I, I think something about that picking of it, um, maybe there's more pressure on them to feel like they need to play defense. But, you know, I guess even 17th pick Kyle Lowry, who took two charges. I mean, when do you remember charges being taken in an NBA All-Star game? Yeah, it's very, um, it's very rare. Know. Yeah, and there was defense being played, and, you know, it seemed like that whole pickup game concept, you know, that they actually cared more about it than in the past. And, you know, frankly, from I would say last year, I didn't feel – I didn't really like it in the sense of unless you're moving towards no conferences – I thought, you know, breaking down the conferences, you know, where you could pick anyone from any conference, I didn't like that idea at first. But 
really can't argue with the results, you know, that this is working out. And maybe they still are planning on going to some no-conference setup because it does seem like the divisions and the conferences are becoming less and less relevant. So they may be moving to something different, you know, down the line. And, you know, they clearly, um, you know, the, the NBA is kind of at the forefront of making some, you know, interesting changes from time to time. And, you know, I can't argue with I thought it was a great game. You know, I think the only way to truly improve the All-Star game from here on out is maybe have team patches on the jerseys or the shorts so that way you know what like, teams guys are coming from. Because you can have, you yeah. know, for instance, Jason Tatum versus Kemba Walker. That's a on great opposing idea. Teams. I love that. That's fantastic. You know, on the Pro Bowl, they would have helmets, the team's helmets on there. Right, right. I, I definitely think that would help, you know, some of these players that, especially the reserves where you might not necessarily know where they're from. Although it is an NBA all-star, you know, game. And, you know, even the, you know, 22nd pick is, you know, pretty pretty well-known player. But, you but know, a lot of I guys are moving teams, too. I could help. That's true. That's true. And, you know, and, and you know what, you don't always, um, you don't always get a chance to watch all the games. Like for me, um, you know, I've been trying to watch more of these West, um, like Utah jazz. I'd like to watch more of, um, now it's not West coast doesn't prove it that way, but you know, I, I really like the Memphis team and, you know, I'm trying to watch as many Memphis games as possible. Cause I just love, I love John Morant and, you know, I love watching them play and they've actually moved themselves into a playoff contention at the moment. They were out of it for a while. With Jack Perrin of last word on sports. He's our go-to NBA guy, ESPN Sportsilla. Jack, what has been the biggest surprise for you so far in this NBA season? The Raptors being so good, uh, what would you put in that as an answer? John Beeline being fired or being let go of or his giving dues? up with four <laughs> years left well, on his deal. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. If only that could happen to the Bulls. But I would say biggest <laughs> surprise, um, you know, Thunder. I mean, Thunder six in the West. I mean, it didn't seem like in the off season they were going into full on rebuild, and you know they got Chris Paul that they you know, didn't even really want, but it would, it made the deal uh, work. And um, lo and behold, that actually put together a pretty decent team, you know, considering. So that, that surprised me. Um, I still think the Timberwolves, I'm just amazed at their fall. And I, and I realize they're now, you know, they seem to be moving to rebuild themselves, but I just don't understand what has been happening with their talent. Obviously they now traded away, you know, to the Golden State, you know, I mean, one of their best players, middly underachieved, but, you know, I mean, it was only a few years ago when everyone was like, wow, they have four number one picks in the draft. You know, they're going to do fantastic, and they just never made it. Um, and then, you know, the Warriors being last place. I, you know, I realize they don't have any of their major stars uh, playing, but it just seems to me kind of like that, that team would have still played better is what I say. Like, I, I actually almost question that they're not in the tank. I know Warriors fans on Twitter are all about they're going to get the number one pick, et cetera, which I have to admit seems still to me a bit unfair for a team that had four all-stars. Now is going to potentially get a number one pick. But, you know, that's the way it goes. So are you shocked that Draymond Green didn't carry the Warriors by himself? No. Oh, no, you asking but, Jack? But I'm sorry. Yeah, but they're a team. But, but I mean, their their offense. Admittedly, their offense worked because of their shooters like Clay Thompson and and Curry, as we all know. But there was no depth behind them. 
Yeah, well, it turns out that's probably it. But it just seemed like their system was so well-designed and they had been so used to playing tough games. I mean, I think the Bulls got a couple extra years out of the Thibodeau coach teams after they lost Derrick Rose because of the fact that they had been playing tight games and some of these guys really weren't that good, you know. But as it turned out, but at the time seemed to be still playing well. That's why I would expect them. I'm not saying I expect them to be a playoff team, but I'm just a little surprised. You know, 12 wins seems a lot. I would think they'd have more than that. Jack, we're up against a break. I got about 30 seconds uh, before we got to step aside, but I, I have to bring this really quickly into your ears. Because we brought up Fergie. <laughs> Give me a 20-second answer. Uh, they threw the lawsuit out between Charles Oakley and James Dolan. So Dolan won the lawsuit. Aside from him selling the team to make it better, who should the next coach be? Mark Jackson, Pat Ewing, who are you thinking? What comes to mind? First answer. First answer, um, I don't like the idea. I know you like Mark Jackson. I I think the, the next, the smartest thing they're doing are bringing in some, bring in an agent. You know, I, I don't know if that's official yet, but bring in an agent to help uh, manage the team. And I think a coach that maybe is more, I, I just think you've got to go completely in a new direction. So, of gotcha. course, they don't have a, a good name for you. But, you know, I like what the Knicks are actually doing with the front office. Now, be that as it may, they still got Dolan. I know I'm running up against the clock here. But, you know, I wish the Bulls would do something similar. You know, I really do because those two, those two teams have been mired in, you know, horrible, horrible management and play for too long. I love that anytime we talk basketball with Jack, all things go back to the Bulls. With me, they always go back to the Knicks. And with the glue guy, they always go back to the You're Celtics. Right. You're right. Jack, have a great rest of your day. We appreciate the time. Thanks we'll reach so out again very soon. SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio. There's an outdoor hockey game on the way. We're going to give you the details. It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Just want to mention, of course, you know, big basketball game for the Orange tonight. Syracuse at Louisville. And we got a watch party, an SU watch party going on on Twitch with SU legends Eric Devendorf, Roosevelt Bowie, and Lawrence Moten. You can catch their live reaction and live analysis as they watch the game. So you put the game on TV, then you go to Twitch, and you watch these guys talk about it, and it's hilarious. Twitch.tv slash Hughes Sports Talk for that. About 6.45, that's underway. They bring a lot of personality, and it's just funny to see former players, especially when the refs have had a few calls that weren't so great for the Qs. They love speaking out, and I think that's a really cool experience. They geek out like fans just like we do. That's absolutely worse. true. <laughs> yeah, it, it might be. They're really passionate about it, especially Devo. Utica College basketball beat Houghton. Congratulations to them. They had lost a couple of tough games. Coffee for three with head coach Sean Coffee. speaking of basketball. I don't well, know if I want to be on this phone call. <laughs> well, yeah. The, uh, well, they got a win last night, so, you know, and the third seed in the Empire 8 tournament, so. When uh, Sean Coffey joins us, I have a feeling due to the instigator, the boss, there might be uh, a renaming or rebranding, a new nickname for that guy. Uh, but that brings us to Utica College's head coach, Gary Heenan. The Brain, he's on with us tomorrow as well. And uh, we'll talk to him about being the number three team in the nation now. Uh, Big weekend. Big weekend for them guys. For sure. And, of course, they're playing Oswego in a year. On the 21st, the Empire State Classic at Griffiths. You heard about that. They're the Friday night game. That's the Friday game. Uh, February 12th is the date. And then Saturday 
It's the Comets and Crunch at the Griffiths Business and Technology Park. Uh, they're talking about 16,000 fixed seats going in there, a rink, and Comets and Crunch, which is pretty cool. Oh, did that get announced today? I hadn't, I hadn't noticed. It wasn't like it was everywhere in social media. Yeah, there's an outdoor hockey game. Uh, by the way, just to take you back, the first one ever was the Crunch in Binghamton at the New York State Fairgrounds, February 20th of 2010. And there's been how many since then, Scoop? This will be the 11th. Uh, in 2021. Of course, you see that happen with the NHL and the Winter Classic and, and the New Year's Day game. Uh, that's awesome to watch. I love seeing those. But to let the college kids be part of it, it's pretty spectacular. This is a, this is something. I mean, listen, if you're a pro in the, in the NHL or the NHL, like I might get an opportunity. But not every day, especially in D3 hockey, to get an opportunity like this. Just like the Carrier Classic yeah. When Oswego and Utica College participated in that with the Syracuse Crunch and the Utica Comets a couple years back. Scoop and I were at that game together. And it was just an unbelievable environment. I mean, there was 20-something thousand at the initial one with Syracuse back in 2010. So it just makes sense for the throwaway throwdown and the Galaxy Cup from Delmonico's Italian Steakhouse to match them up next year. You Great. think this helps recruiting? Absolutely. It's oh, my a, God, yeah. A, a great rivalry game to begin with. And now it's going to be outdoors. This is something these players are going to remember the rest of their lives. I actually just saw on Twitter where uh, somebody was lobbying on behalf of the Clinton girls hockey team to to play an outside game. Not a bad I idea. Like Let's discuss that with Nicole Ruddy. She's going to bring the girls back in here at some point by the end of the month. Great, great out of left field point there as far as recruiting glue guy. Before we get out of here tonight on the Sports Illustrated Show, Courtesy of Ariskany Garage, we have free four-wheel alignments. I'm sure you've heard the advertisements all over the radio. Number five right now, 768-1310. That's 315-768-1310. If you're number five, you get a free four-wheel alignment from Ariskany Garage. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. Have a good night.